Hello there, welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I'm Aaron Osborne, your host. Uh, this week my guest is my friend Ryan Sim. Uh, Ryan is a very old friend of mine. He plays in an awesome band called Low Season and has been in a number of other bands that I've had the pleasure of playing with and hanging out with over the years. Um, Ryan's an interesting person, he's got an interesting story, he's got interesting uh, relationships with music and the hardcore scene and alternative music in Australia, so I thought it'd be good to have him on here for a chat um, while I was gallivanting around Brisbane the other week. Um, But yeah, it's a good conversation, Ryan's got some interesting opinions on writing and um, public speaking and stand-up comedy and music and yeah. It was really cool. I'm glad I got to have him on here for a chat. Um, as well, another thing that I need to talk about is the live podcast. So, December 17th at the Reverence Hotel in Footscray. Myself, Patrick Galvin, Callum Preston, Matt Weston and Kane Hibbard will be having a chat about working artistically in the music industry. They all work in one way or another in the art sort of realm of this uh, general field of music. Um and yeah, we'll be doing that in front of people. You can buy tickets at obliviousmaximus.bigcartel.com. They're $5, same as they will be on the night. Jamie Hay and Liam White will also be playing some music, which will be sick. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, what else? Listen to the previous ones of the podcast. They've all been good. <laughs> um <clears throat> and tune into The Bad Times, uh, hosted by Ben Sell. I ha- I'm helping with that. Um, I'm not on one for a little while, but uh, the episodes we've recorded recently for it are really good, and um, it's really fun doing that with him. So check that out too. Otherwise, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and those things for updates. But otherwise, enjoy episode 26 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Ryan Sim. Brutal! Okay, Ryan Sim, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. Um, Okay, so they all start the same way, asking people how they initially got into music um how did it become an interest for you i guess uh i was in a music like in primary school mm-hmm. um and i think i i did like choir and i played i played a brass instrument yes um in primary school i played the euphonium That's um an interesting one to play yeah <laughs> yeah it was like not <laughs> it was not my first choice <laughs> yeah um they i remember like in the music room they had like a big pile of instruments and you just had to choose one and i got like last pick basically that was so it so euphonium was yours <laughs> yeah um so like i learned like sheet music and stuff like that in primary yeah. school i think which is a pretty standard thing yeah i definitely we were just talking about it before that i had a similar thing where i wasn't like forced into doing it but my mom was pretty like uh keen for me and my sister both to like have an understanding of music and because she did and she had like a you know had played guitar and piano and stuff when she was a kid mm. and she really wanted us to understand how to read music and do those sorts of things but it was never something i can't like i remember when i was a kid not liking it but not like, like it was just something i yeah. did like yeah, i didn't yeah. dislike doing it but it was just like 
well, I guess I'm playing the clarinet. Yeah, so. like, this is part of school. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, like, what, like, why I wanted to be in the choir or why mm. I wanted to... Like, like the instrument thing seemed like, oh, this is part of being at school. You have to learn an instrument. But yeah. I can't remember, like, the choir thing was definitely, like, an elective. Yeah. Like, like I chose to do that. I, I, I honestly don't remember. But, yeah, that, that's kind of where it started. And then I went to high school... And I decided that I wanted to learn double bass because yep. I was really into the living end. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And I was like, that I seems need, cool. I need to learn how to play this and stand on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those are the two things that I need to do. And I was like, this old Croatian woman <laughs> was teaching me how to play the double bass yep. with a bow. And I'm like, this isn't what I wanted. This is not fun. <laughs> this is not ideal. Um, and then from there, I just sort of like was like, oh, well... Like, I kind of just sort of came to the realization. It's like, oh, I don't have to play the double bass. I could just yeah. play bass. And yeah, then sure. I could be in a band. Like, because, like, I guess, like, stuff like Living End, it was, like, uh, at that period of time, it was, like, Recovery yeah. was on TV. Mm-hmm. And, like, so that was my... I think that was my first exposure to, like, live performances and sure. seeing people in bands being in bands. Yeah, right. And, and so was- did you... Was that, like, something that was sort of ingrained in, like, the friendships you had and stuff as well? Or was that just something you sort of found interest in yourself? Um, I think I found interest in... I, uh, I'm not sure. That's, like, kind of a chicken and the egg kind yeah. of question, I think. I think um, maybe in high school, yeah, we just sort of gravitated towards each other. And a lot of my friends were more into, like, like metal or... Sure. new metal at that yes. time this is like Perfect. 1999 yes <laughs> i know it well yeah this is a, you know <laughs> a good time, time, a time for and place <laughs> yeah good time for our middle parts yeah but i was i was really in yeah exactly <laughs> middle parts were big yeah um i definitely had a middle part but like i i was into punk and like pop punk at the time yeah. i guess and that i think that's all part of like the way culture got filtered to us in yeah. australia so, like, on recovery, I would see Blink-182, mm-hmm. and then the next week I'd see Deftones. I'm like, I'm into both those bands. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then, like, that was the exposure, and then eventually, like, I developed... Taste. Like, like that was my interest, and then I developed taste by, yeah. like, just listening to more and more and more and more and more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so, did that grow through high school and stuff then? Like, through... Yeah, definitely. Like, like I was in bands, like, like, my first band was in high school, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of, like, a weird... I remember having, like, I had this friend in high school and we were both really into Bloodhound Gang okay. at the time. <laughs> you like jokes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was weird. That's a really weird, that's like a weird band to be into. Yeah, it <laughs> like, is. Like, it is. This is a good band. It was like, I really no. like the Bloodhound Gang. Nope. <laughs> that's not allowed. Yeah. Um, so that was weird. And I guess, like, our band was almost like that. There was, like, elements of, like, metal, but it was still, like, really kind yep. of pop punky at the same it was it was just a high school band it was yeah. like shitty it was shitty i think everyone yeah. like i know the certainly the first band i was in was like half the dudes love still love new metal and the other half of us had just gotten over it yeah and were wicked into like thrash and stuff and it was yeah. like yeah so we'd have like weird rap kind of parts but we were <laughs> playing like metallica riffs so it just didn't hit at all <laughs> but i think that that's kind of the like the learning process that you have to go through mm-hmm. when doing those like school bands and things like that and like playing those first performances you do at school and things yeah. where you know you need to go and play a show where it is your new metal band opening for a ska band or something yeah do you remember um do you remember that soulfly song bleed which had yes. fred Do- yeah my band i was in a band that covered that song <laughs> at school <laughs> 
and I had to do the rap part. Like I was playing bass, but I had to do the rap part, like Great. Brent Durst's rap part. You know? <laughs> uh, How come that was? We can edit this out, right? <laughs> no, we never do. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like I, I was, I was just thinking like, like because. I think it's really a symptom of like, I grew up in the suburbs in Southeast Queensland. And yeah. so I just got this mishmash of like yeah. stuff that didn't really make sense. But because I didn't have any context for it, I was like, oh, I'll take it all. And then I kind of had to figure it out yeah. afterwards and be like, oh, what actually is, where does this belong? Speak? I don't think that's like a, yeah. And, and what is actually speaking to me? Like what's yeah. truthfully like speaking to me? Actually something I'm interested in. Yeah. Just- yeah. And I think that's an ongoing process. Cause I think even like... <laughs> Like five years ago, I was listening to bands that I, I don't really have a big interest in yeah. now. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's just a constant thing. I think anyone who has like a really... And and there's obviously bands from 10 years ago that I still love as mm. well. Yeah. Um, I think anyone who has like a, a really strong interest in music probably has that same yeah, experience. Yeah. 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 Um, and so when did that sort of turn for you from just doing things at school to being like something you were pursuing outside um, of that as well? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I was just lucky in that I met people from other schools. Mm-hmm. I met people from other schools and I started... I remember I started a band with them. I don't know how I met them though. Yeah. I can't. I couldn't tell you now, but like, <laughs> like they were from a different school. And then we, we had this band that kept going after we finished school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of just like, you know, like connect the dots kind of thing. Like that band finished, but I did another band with one of the dudes from that. Sure. We found other people and yeah. kind of went on from there. I didn't... And then I guess like, um, yeah, it was really finishing school and getting a job yeah. and coming into contact with people. Like, uh, I was working at Target yeah. and, um, I'm, and there was this dude who, who worked there as well, who was a bit older than me. And he was like, come to Mary street on a Wednesday night. Yeah. And Mary street is the old hardcore yeah. club, um, in Brisbane where every week there was a show. Yeah. Sure. Every week there were local bands. Yeah. And yeah. So I went with him. And, and what and were I, you getting like exposed to? Well, that? I had already been exposed to hardcore mm-hmm. like that. Okay. So that's the thing, I guess. Like I, I kind of came to backwards because new metal definitely came out of hardcore. Like, yeah, yeah. like it was just like the unfortunate yeah. <laughs> product <laughs> evolution of, yeah, yeah. Of, of like hardcore bands. Like, like, uh, yeah. So, um, I came to it backwards where like, I, I think I just had like a burning heart sampler that mm-hmm. had like, um, I'm trying to remember bands like, like, uh, I think, Straight faced were on it. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, just like a couple of Swedish bands. Yeah, sure. Those like fucking real intense Swedish yeah, hardcore yeah, yeah. bands. Um, like Ray's Fist. Ray's Fist um, definitely were one of the first <laughs> actual hardcore bands that I kind of like came yeah. in context with. And I was like, oh, this is like actual anger. Like this isn't angst. This is yeah. like passionate anger. And it's, it's not angst for the sake of million dollars. At the yeah, s- the family values tour. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Ice Cube is not a part of the process. Of yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and so, like, I, I, I knew what hardcore was, and and like refused mm-hmm. were on this and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then going to a local show was really like, I think, this like that gave me the picture of what this actually was because sure. it was like people I could talk to after they played their set. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was it was kind of scary, I guess, because like uh, up until... Not like scary, intimidating, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's like I wasn't particularly... Like they were these like like big dudes or at least that's how I remember them. It was yeah, like, yeah. oh, there's, a, there's these big angry men. Mm. Um, and when in actual fact, they're probably only a couple of years older than I was at the yeah. time. I remember um, like I have all these like crazy memories of like sneaking into metal shows in Canberra and going to metal shows and thinking at the time like like I remember the people who were at those shows like and the biggest one for me is Josh 
who is in I exist. He yep. was like I he was like this fucking idol of mine when I was a kid because he was in Blood Duster and I loved them so much. And but he was from Canberra, and yeah. then I'd see him at shows, and I honestly have like in my head memories of thinking that Josh was like a hundred feet tall and yeah. like this enormous <laughs> personality, which you know he. It does have an enormous personality, but yeah, like then when I became friends with him, I was like, oh wait, he's just a <laughs> old stoner. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's nothing intimidating about him really at all. <laughs> like, but in my head, from when I was like 15, I remember thinking, like, look at this man, this like adult playing guitar. Yeah, it's so amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, it is. It's like that, and like I just didn't have like a point of reference. I was like. Oh, these are bands. These are people who are doing bands and they're better than any band that I've been up in up yeah, until yeah. this point. And was, I guess I'm like, I'm, I was like jumping around a bit because I remember the, the first show I went to was in... Like the first show, live live music show that I went to was in 1999. Mm-hmm. And it was Friends of Rome yep. with um, Girls Germs and Bantha Fodder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember Bantha oh, Fodder. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was... In, I don't know. Like that was cool and like i was just naive and had a really good time and i went with a friend who was kind of more aware of the subculture i guess and yeah. he was like come in the mosh pit i'm like what do we do he's like you jump and i'm like yeah. okay and he's like now we're gonna crowd surf i was like okay <laughs> this is what we do in here. this is what we do yeah. and um i really love friends around for a long time mm. um i think i i, I don't think they're particularly a good band anymore but mm. like i still think like in terms of I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's definitely like value to them and I'm glad that they are still around doing yeah. shows. Like, I, I, yeah. I think so too. And I, they're, they're one of those bands that I didn't have any real experience with when I was a kid because I listened to metal so staunchly mm. that I knew who they were, obviously. Mm. Um, and then like have really grown to appreciate them through playing shows with them and like becoming friends with them. Yeah. Like, Whereas for me, it's a totally different thing. Like say when the first times we toured and played shows with them, like Murph and Alex were like, holy shit, I'm playing fucking Frenzel. Cause they, yeah. they were like the age, the perfect age. Yeah. And they were the, like, yeah. you know, similar to yourself. You see my recovery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was like, oh, they're just a cool band. Like they're yeah. nice guys. Like, I think, I think their sense of humor is really important. Yeah. And there's no other band that kind of approaches in Australia. There's no other band mm. that kind of approaches it with that. Like, this is just music, man. Like it's just yeah. dumb yeah. and it's fun and it's important, but it's still kind of like, it's a dumb thing that won't be here in 50 years. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. um, so like, did you grow up in Brisbane? Yeah. I grew up in Brisbane and, uh, well, I grew up, I grew up in Logan, which is just South of Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, um, but I went to, and I went to primary school down there and then I went to high school up here, but it's still like the suburbs, like yeah. it's still like South side of Brisbane. Um, and then eventually we moved, um, went to Big Dad a bunch of times, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it was that, that was kind of like, so you were kind of, you were definitely close enough to still be experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I, I feel like it was like a really standard kind of introduction to sure. music and, and after, after having that and just being lucky enough to get invited to hardcore shows, like I kind of had to find my own way a yeah. little bit, which is, I think is important. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's why I care so much about music now because yeah. I was forced to be like, like figure it out and mm-hmm. like, like reassess. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what was valuable to me about yeah, it. Like, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So once you sort of got into that and I guess made friendships and things there, mm. did that like, was that sort of, 
I mean, I know for myself that I'd been doing metal bands and playing in bands with friends and doing mm. youth center things and shit for ages. But yeah. then similarly, like once I started playing in hardcore bands and hanging out with those people, that just became like my life, really. Yeah. I mean, I had uni and all, all the other side of my life as well, mm. but my interest was mm. then just funneled immediately to that stuff that was yeah that was how i felt and i think i think i still had kind of a pretty questionable taste in music because my first few bands after after being introduced to like it's, you know it's more than just the music it's the culture and it's the people yeah like i i had a couple of bands there that were just not very good at all but yeah. like that's important as well and yeah. it's important to go out and play shows in front of people with your terrible band mm. and be like well we got to learn how to make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. You got you to gotta figure out what people don't like. Too. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Ooh. And and what and like and like just the experience of being in a band and trying to write songs like like make art collaborative. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's so easy just to be like selfish is the wrong word, but like that's that's the best way I can put it. It was like I made I brought this to you. Can mm-hmm. you please play it the way that I yeah, yeah. have in my head that I can't even explain to yeah. you? And it's like yeah. and it's just like I think <coughs> I'm expecting you to understand everything that I have yeah, in my brain. Don't and, and it's like I'm not a drummer and it's like trying to explain to the drummer like this is like when you're in your early twenties mm. and it's like, no, this has to be this way. Play the drums this way. And it's like you're not a drummer, dude. Like just like <laughs> let let the guy do his job. Let him like, figure it out. Yeah. Um that's a big thing I kind of look back on, which I just like I don't have that compulsion anymore. It's yeah. just like here's here's a guitar part. Yeah. Let's see what, what happens. Yeah, yeah, sure. In four hours, like yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's kind of how the way I approach it now. But like back then, it had to be like yeah, it had to sound the way, way I had it in my head. Yeah, like, I think as well when you're doing that too, you're still trying to find your feet in terms of how you understand that music as well though. So mm. I think that's kind of an issue with writing songs. Like uh, definitely, I mean, I know that I felt it certainly when I was playing in a hardcore band that I didn't really listen to the music we were playing. I just mm. played the music. Mm-hmm. So I would just play the drums how I thought the drums would need to be. And yeah. then like, you know, like when I was in Slovan, like people like Sean would be like, that's not how the drums go for this sort of music. Uh. And then I'd be like... <laughs> Well, I've got long hair and two bass drums, so this is how I'm going to fucking play it. You're going to have to deal with that, you know. And like, but you in that that's there is a lot of pressure there as well because when you're doing that stuff, you're still trying to fit. You're trying to fit within like the restrictions of what you're doing. You're playing to a genre. Yeah, and it's before a lot of people. Well, as my experience was, is before that I realized that oh, that stuff doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to play within. You don't need to restrict yourself yeah. to this. Like, I think I think part of creativity is also like doing stuff that doesn't work, yeah, and putting stuff out there Ooh. that doesn't work, and and like the the place I'm at, like now with it, after, you know, ten years, probably more than ten years of trying to make music, is yeah. like, if like, the product isn't as important as the process. Sure. If you're not having fun, if it's not, it's not even about fun. It's like, if it's not fulfilling, if it's not like making you feel good yeah. while you're actually like working on the song, um, there's no point in doing it. Cause yeah, it's yeah. like, you're not going to make any money out of it. No, no one's making any money no, out no, of punk no, no. music. <laughs> it's like, um, <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter if, if the, if you have an end product and you record it and you put it out there and it's like, oh, that's not really what I thought it would be. Mm. That's okay. As long as like the process of making it was 
engaging yeah yeah and it was fulfilling and it was like you're, yeah. you're present in in right, you get it. you got something out yeah. of it for yourself yeah and that's what i'm really kind of valuing now about being in bands I yeah. Think. yeah 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 um so while this was happening where were you at in the other aspects of your life like what were you oh doing? okay um so i guess yeah so i guess i started um yeah i started going to hardcore shows i was in like bad what I would call now bad bands. Like it was not good music. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm fine with saying that. And mm-hmm. I, that's not a reflection on the other people who were yeah. in the band it's who may or may not listen to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I just started making friends with people and I was asked to, Oh, and I guess like somewhere in all of there, I like, I, you know, I just kept going to, going to hardcore shows and stuff. And I kind of found straight edge. Yep in there mm-hmm. um and that was like and to me like like straight edge is is so inherently linked with the music i yeah. can't separate it sure like i wouldn't want want to separate it yeah yeah um and and like i think i think i first met people who were straight edge and then from there went back to be like oh this is interesting what is it mm-hmm. what does it mean and yep. i found ian mckay and minor threat i'm like oh this is and it wasn't so much about me fitting into that. I was like, oh, this is like what I was looking for. Sure. And I know that I like, like I was listening to what Yelena said on, on, mm-hmm. on when you interviewed her, it's re- like a really similar thing. It's like, it's like, I saw something. Yeah. Like, like it gave it a name. It gave sure, this yeah. idea. It's like, oh, I'm not really enjoying this drinking culture mm-hmm. that is so Australian. Yeah. Cause I still, I was still doing other stuff other than just going to hardcore shows. Sure. Like, like I was at uni and I had, I knew people from uni and I was like, um, a lot of the the social aspect of that revolved around drinking and parties. And I was like, Oh, this is like, it doesn't make me. me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I smoked a lot of weed back then and I was like, mm, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just got kind of get, it almost like gave me, uh, like it just gave me a language to be like, sure. Oh, this is why I don't enjoy it. And I don't have to keep doing it. Yeah. And that was really important. And, and like, I think, I think part of the communication of that was through this music that was maybe not, I, I don't think it was like, I, I wouldn't call minor threat angriness. Like it, there, there's anger there, but like mm-hmm. more specifically it's frustration. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. frustration that with like, sense. yeah. Yeah. And it's, I a, was like, it's a voice for frustration. Yeah. It was, it was just like in like, for me, I was just like, oh, that, that's it. That's like what I'm feeling. Like, yeah. 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 And it was like really kind of amazing to hear that. Mm. Well, so- I think, I think a lot of people as well, more than like giving it a name or giving it a definition, it, it made, it was a, as I understand, obviously I've not been a part of that, but, um, it gives people or has given people a way to feel comfortable about something that at least in Australia is mm-hmm. not the norm. Yeah. Like it's not normal for you to go to a barbecue and not drink and things like that you know it's it's easier to rebel if there's an element of like conformity around that rebellion yes yeah, i think it's like i've got i've got some it. backup yeah, i've got yeah, some yeah. backup and that's fine it's mm-hmm. and it's like a really weird thing where it's like a straight edge is an ex- expression of individuality but it's also an admission of an identity that yeah. is bigger than the individual sure like, yeah. it's like this weird paradox um which is really interesting yeah um yeah. So when, what were you studying at university when you... Oh, okay. So back, I, I did a Bachelor of Communications. Yes. As <laughs> majoring, you <do>. <laughs> Majoring in film studies, mm-hmm. which was just like film theory subjects and screen production, which was making short films. Yeah. Um, it was, what was the... I just really to do that. You just wanted to... You were interested in film? Yeah. Or? I really like movies and I still really like movies now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought maybe I'd want to like write movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and was that something that like did that tie into your musical endeavors at all? I really interest there, or yeah, I think I always thought really visually, <laughs> and 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 I, I guess out of hardcore became uh, fascination with bands like like ISIS and mm-hmm. Neurosis and stuff like that, who are very cinematic, yeah, yeah. in a way, um, and and. Like, I guess, yeah, there's, it's just kind of a very un, it was like pretty undefined because I was like, oh, you know, I'd love to write these stories, but I also want to, I, I know like what I, it's similar, similar to what I was saying about being in bands before. It's like, yeah. I know what, I know what it has to look like and I know what song needs to be playing while, sure. while this is happening. And it's a, sort of just doesn't really work that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and actually by the end of the three years, I was like, oh, I don't want to work in the film industry at all because yeah our lecturers were like, you don't want to work in the film yeah. industry at all. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. I mean, I, yeah. I've been, I even found like throughout, um, doing an education degree, like they teach us harp on so much about like, well, you know, you're never going to get paid the big bucks. And I was like, <laughs> do you not want us to do this? Yeah. Like, are you yeah. trying to shy us away? <laughs> um, but yeah. So, um, through that though, I guess, was that sort of where you uh, took an interest in writing things as well then? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. Um, or had that interest already sort of like been there before that? Like, was that a push to be part of that um, university sort of system of education or whatever? Or was think, that a product of that? I think when I did that degree, cause I actually started in, um, I was really interested in like straight out of high school. I did, I started a, um, environmental management degree mm-hmm. in sustainable development. Yep. Cause I was really interested in that. Um, there's just too much science and, and yeah. my brain doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like I just couldn't do it. Like yeah. I wasn't doing very well. Um, <laughs> and so I changed and I just like, I think it was just my parents. It's like, Oh, you should just do a degree. Mm-hmm. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was, there was an element of writing in, in, in that degree, in that screen production major, like, like there was, there were, you know, assignments ab- about writing. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I was really interested in movies. So, yeah. um, it was, is I think it was more about telling stories, but then I graduated from that undergrad and I really didn't do anything for another four years. Yeah. And I think that was because I was kind of overwhelmed by music. Okay. Like I was like really interested in music and, and it was like, it was kind of, kind of a combination of like, oh, you know, I, I'm really getting a lot out of being in bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also this romance about being in bands, which comes from seeing, yeah. you know, seeing those cool guys on recovery or seeing music videos and, sure. and being like, oh, that's, I want to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that, it's not that it was completely superficial, but there, I think, I think the, there's a element of maybe like obsession or, or romanticization that comes from. Yeah. Well, the other thing what is gets filtered down to us again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other thing is as well, like you see things like, like for me, I know like see, and again, it's a sort of opposite angle to yourself, but like watching like the Pantera home videos and being like, I want to fucking go on tour. Yeah. All you have to do is drink. Yeah, like, exactly. Great. No, that's you exactly play music it. for like 20 minutes and then you can just drink all the time. Like, like even, even when I kind of got to my mid twenties and like, I think, I guess it was every time I die, we're releasing stuff like that. Like yeah, tour sure. videos. I'm like, Oh, that, that looks so, that's the life I want. Mm. I could do that. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, you can't. You, can't. you yeah. probably, you probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, you're not going to enjoy it as much as you think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and obviously it wasn't, it, and that wasn't so much about drinking, but it was about like the shenanigans yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Uh, sure. uh, you know, yeah. loose units kind of yeah. thing on yeah. tour like yeah <laughs> um 
So uh, through that, then where where do you see like your musical interests developing towards in all that? Was that because was, of the music you were playing and the people you were with? Yeah, I, I think like uh, yeah. So so what I was saying about Straight Edge, it means like I kind of got closer. I, I think it was just about understanding the subculture and like getting it yeah. because I was definitely like a, this kid from the suburbs coming into it and it took me a while to kind of like find my feet. Sure. And it was definitely about like trying to, I think there's definitely like trying to impress people and, and yeah. stuff like that. But eventually I made real friends. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was like this, uh, this thrash metal band called Right Back At Ya, mm-hmm. um, which I was in with my friend Stu Stag and who had been who had been around and, and was around for about the same duration that I was mm-hmm. in, in the scene. Yeah. And and Crispy, um yeah. who was in From These Wounds and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So they they um were already a band and then they asked me to join. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun and it kind of taught me how to play bass a little bit. Yeah, like right. like because it was so fast and it was like and like Crispy's just an amazing songwriter, amazing musician. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was like a real education. Yeah, yeah. Um and that was like the first like yeah, I, I would I would put that as like the first like real band where I was with people, like they they were like minded in the sense that they were educating me. Yeah, sure. it, was like, it was definitely what I wanted, and it was I was guiding still, you through. Yeah, it. I was, uh, they were still, but I was still being guided. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then um, uh, after that, I was with not um, yeah. So we're still in crispy again. Like uh, after that, we did values here, mm-hmm. which was like a melodic hardcore band yeah like similar to sinking ships and Stu Stu got me into a lot of these hardcore bands like he introduced me to champion he introduced me to sinking ships and yeah sure and and um a lot of those sorts of bands and that's where i again like started finding other stuff and like just sort of yeah developing your own yeah just consuming yeah just consuming more and more and being like what's good what isn't yeah you know yeah what do do i like throwing out that old stuff as well and like like i hung on to a bit of it um but it definitely is that i think it's about um like maybe it's a dirty word, but I think it's about authenticity. Yeah. And I think, I think um, that could be said to be an elitist kind of word, but at the same time, there's, there's some value there. No, I think so. Yeah. And like, I, I think things like that too. And I mean, I know for sure that like, I guess my exposure to hardcore and things like that came from, again, like joining a band. Like I didn't really have interest in that stuff. Not that I yeah. know what it was really. Yeah. I mean, I'd heard of Black Flag and those, you know, mm. the ones that influenced the metal bands yeah. that I liked, but that stuff, I, you know, it was important because it made me see flaws in things I didn't like and mm-hmm. flaws in it itself yeah. and helped me guide my way through that. And yeah. then, like, as you said, my interests are obviously still developing, but yeah. I, for me, I noticed it being a really good thing doing those bands and getting into that sort of stuff because it meant that um, it gave me like a reprieve, I think, because I was someone who was just obsessed with metal and that was yeah. all I did. It was like lived and breathed that sort of stuff so yeah. it was really good for me yeah to like have a little break from blast beats for yeah. <laughs> you know seven years before it or whatever yeah and then but what i found now is that sort of being in a band that i guess was rooted in hardcore and has just sort of become a metal band primarily sure throughout that process it made me really find the things that from before that i really appreciate mm. a lot more like uh, yeah. it just helped me like you know my obsession with i hate god only grew greater from having a little bit of time off from listening yep. to them all the time you yeah know? totally okay and yeah. like and it made me see why i actually like them not just because 
they toured with Pantera. Like, sure. yeah. what I really <laughs> like about this stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think, I don't know whether that's something that's common for a lot of people, but I know for myself, like, I found myself not being, like, nostalgic or anything, but thinking, like, oh, this is why I like this. And sure. this helped me get from point A to yeah. where I'm at now with it. Yeah. I guess I've always had really, like, um, wide like like wide interest in music that didn't even talk to each other like like hardcore and metal they yeah. at least talk to each other yeah exactly whereas like i've uh you know like like someone like amy man she's one of my favorite sure musical artists mm-hmm. ever and that's just from watching watching the movie magnolia when yeah I was yeah in, right when i was in high school and okay. that, and that's that relates to the film stuff as well because like <laughs> yeah. she wrote the soundtrack for this movie mm-hmm. and i was like like this whole it was like this whole unit i'm like oh that's what all movies should be like this whole unit but um yeah so so like that that has nothing to do with me, f- you know, finding minor threat or yeah, or right, find, right, yeah, 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 and and like even even less and even less to do with like discovering converge and being like, oh, this is yeah, this is like the the real shit, and and it's like kind of like, I love like both equally, mm, and yeah. it's like there's so much that I that I have gotten over like the last 10 years from both of those. Yeah. If we're using those two as examples, like Convergent Amy Man, it's sure. like, they have given me so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I definitely and had a similar, like, this, like they're, yeah. they're so far apart. It's like, yeah. I had a similar thing with that too, in the sense that I really have like, since I first heard them, I've loved like the roots yeah. heaps. And yeah. they, they uh, were like, like yeah. that's what I would relate to that with you. Like yeah. they had nothing to do with, everything else I listened to, but I got into them through playing jazz because yeah. my, when I was playing jazz in school, my jazz teacher was like, I think you'll like this because it's a different way of approaching this that I think, cause I, again, like I was listening to metal all the time, but I was doing that at school. Yeah. And I think he saw that, not that I was losing interest in what I was doing, but he could see that I needed something to hold on to. Yeah. And I think the whole reason I, the like basically the reason why I'm sort of passionate about education is because of that guy, Dude. because he was like, <laughs> "Look at this, yeah, this is what you will like." That's such a gift. Like I wish, yeah. I, I wish someone had shown me the roots when I was in high school. Yeah, like honestly, like yeah. Like, and I was like, that's "Oh, fucking amazing!" This is like an interesting way of interpreting something that I'm doing. Not that I have to do, but I'm doing for you know work. I guess so this is my schooling. You know, like. The roots are like a really good like <coughs> case study in like the technique, like the technical yeah. aspects of playing music, like the craft of playing Dude. music and the artistry of writing songs. Yeah. And it's like how do you, like like they're like Yeah, it's it's just incredible to listen to. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I hadn't seen the uh, the first time I saw them was last year when they came here and like I have no problem saying it was like I think aside from seeing I Hate God, the amount of times <laughs> I have, <laughs> yeah. I think it is the best like musical performance I've ever seen because it was, they played for two fucking hours straight. Yeah. Just music the whole time. No gaps between songs. Just the filler between songs was more music. It was like improv. Yeah. It's just jamming and like playing covers and stuff. Uh, That's so amazing. Like you don't think you're going to go see a band who have like, you know, platinum records. Mm. You don't think you're going to go and see them play covers, but they do. And you know that was yeah. obviously a byproduct of being on television and things like that. But sure, yeah, or they, it's just that it's like that different experience. Like they've had this more, mm. like you have to be. Where, whereas, yeah, I don't know. You, you made me think of something really interesting. Where people always kind of like put down hardcore, yes, in the context of other music that's mm-hmm. out there. And it's like, 
No. No, yeah. It's just as valid. Like if it speaks to your like if it's like if it speaks to your heart. Yeah. Like if it yeah. speaks to your soul, that's as valid as fucking Beethoven's seventh or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. why not? Like like it's mm. it's for you. And and what you were saying, I guess like I hate God they've had a different experience where they haven't been on TV. They haven't been, had yeah. to be like precise at every single moment, but that's part of their yeah, art. And that's part of like the, 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 like, like the experience of seeing them mm-hmm. is that like, it's yeah. Yeah. Whereas like the roots, it's kind of like the other side of the coin. It's like the, the thrill of seeing them is how, yeah musical and yeah and it's like both of there's so much value in both of those things like why mm. not and it's still music and it's still like i i guess even more than music it's like about art it's yeah like just two different types of art that are as valid as each other because you don't want everything to sound like the roots like no no, no. and this. i think i think that's something as well that i i think that's been sort of like my greatest asset in terms of uh how i appreciate music and how i understand uh you know my relationship with it is that it comes from having like this, like totally different interests and not trying to make them combine, yeah. but understanding where they sit and why I connect with the yeah. different parts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess through music and stuff, you obviously became, you know, well-versed in the performing arts. Yeah. In yeah. that sense. Did some tours. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's <some> fucking <coughs> Brisbane to Sydney to fucking Melbourne and back. Yeah. Tours. Um, so <laughs> through that is uh, like, obviously of late, you have been doing uh, lots of like spoken word type things and stand up and stuff as well. You've been getting into. Yeah. Stand up's really new for me. Yeah. But like it's been an interest for a while. So yeah. yeah. So how, how did those things sort of, creep into something uh, you thought you'd would like to explore i think um yeah i don't know like i i i guess like similar so so separate to music like similar to um that interest in movies was an interest in in fiction and mm-hmm. like, like reading novels and stuff yeah. and i think it just took me four years of just like doing bands and working in retail and just kind of being like you know uh I don't want to like I I don't want to talk down to my experience of being mm. in bands but like in the end it was sort of like oh this is what it's like it's yeah. going to be this cycle like we do a band for a year and a half and then we break up yeah um which isn't a diss yeah it's not a diss it's no. just kind of like the way that I I recognized a pattern yeah I'm like I need, and it was the cycle you were experiencing I need something else sure I, I want to keep doing this mm-hmm. I want to keep doing music but I need something else and that's when I decided to go and, and like, yeah, I was really into books. I was really into movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, I've always had this interest and I, I like telling stories, obviously. Sure. Um, why don't I actually go and do something about being a writer? So I went and did my master's degree mm-hmm. in creative writing. Yeah. And that was 2011. Yeah. Um, and what, what was like, what was the experience then for you? personally through doing that was that like a fulfilling experience yeah it was great i met i met again i think i just needed to meet some different people like it'd been it'd been four years since my undergrad degree and i was like kind of yeah in that cycle like you said like you said like in 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 the music scene in the hardcore scene Mm -hmm. uh just with the same people who are great yeah but i needed something more and i went i went to uni and i met all these people and it was like it was amazing and and that stuff like the the spoken word stuff that you're talking about is is a thing called yarn storytelling so just from being in the creative writing scene in brisbane Mm -hmm. it's like you meet people and they they ask me to get up and 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 yarn is not necessarily a writing project it's like it's similar to the moth or um 
oh, this is not happening. If you know, yeah, it's yeah. not happening. It's like, sto- yeah, it's just storytelling, life storytelling, no notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot, like, like we, we do it with a lot of writers. So I, I was asked to do that as a performer. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like pretty soon after they asked me to come on as producer. Cool. So I've been doing that for the last three years yep. now. And what does that sort of involve for you then? Uh, producing something like that. It, it involves like, it just involves putting together the event and like, like lots of logistical stuff, like just dealing with the venue and stuff, but also like finding people from who have different stories. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that we found is like, there's, there's a lot of, uh, white guys in their twenties who, who are really keen to get up in front of yep. an audience and yep. talk about their experience. And it's like, that's awesome. And I don't want to discourage people, but like, it's, it's an effort it's an effort in finding people with different backgrounds and different stories to tell. Yeah. That's the value of doing it. And that's, and that's why I think, I think it's, that's why it's important for writers. I think because like the whole act of writing is, is listening. Mm-hmm. It is about telling stories, but it's also about listening to other people's stories. And it's about like experiencing. Yeah, for sure. And stuff. And I think that's my interest in, in yarn is that it, it is the, it's the, the juice that then goes into writing maybe okay. like it's like the experience it's that raw experience that people then take mm-hmm. and filter and 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 create something different yeah right um and it's also about like being in a room with someone talking conversationally to you mm-hmm. and like telling a, a discrete story like a cohesive story to an audience and like sh- it's that act of sharing yeah sure there's something yeah it's something about it and, and it's it's really hard to describe um, and I always encourage people to come up, come along and just, just yeah. see what it's like, because it isn't just, it's not like a poetry recital. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like stand up comedy. There's a lot of like overlap, mm-hmm. um, because like people need to like figure out how they're going to structure their story and, and like how they're going to keep the audience engaged. But mm-hmm. everyone who, who comes and, and pays $5 to get in, they aren't there to be like, oh, let's see if this is any good. They're there to be like, oh, this is exciting. We really want the person on stage to do well. Sure. And, and like, we're here to listen to you. Yeah and learn something and that's I, that's that's i guess that's what i get out of it and that's why i yeah. keep kind of so do you think it. do you think doing uh like playing music and sort of having that performance element was something that uh informed how you look at that then was that something that sort of uh not influenced but like translated to that format for you now as you've grown i guess not not directly i think i think like i brought a lot from from my experience in the subculture because it's not mm-hmm. something that everyone experiences so i'm like my understanding of the world and my understanding of the way you know maybe the way things are sold to us mm-hmm. um i don't buy into as much just from being exposed to like punk ideals and sure, stuff sure. like that it's like i like <coughs> like it's that bullshit filter mm-hmm. that is a little bit different from people who have gone through high school gone to uh, UQ to do their law degree and there's like again I don't want I'm, I'm not saying this as as a disparaging remark yeah. but it's sort of just like a different life experience yeah it really like, is they listen to Triple J mm-hmm. they enjoy Triple J they that's the music they enjoy mm-hmm. and I could definitely and they've obviously had different experiences that way that I could definitely learn from yeah maybe like not not sweating like small stuff so yeah, much yeah. And, and whereas like I can come to them and be like I've been doing bands for however many years and i've spent this many thousands of dollars in order to do it because i wanted to Mm. i wanted to spend that money in order to make music Mm -hmm. for me yeah yeah for my own 
yeah personal enjoyment yeah yeah <laughs> it's like and they're like what do you mean though like you didn't make any money from from being in bands i'm like nope. no spent thousands of dollars yes. i <laughs> lost like, why lost. <laughs> because it was I like because, because that's what i wanted to do yeah <laughs> yeah well i always i always relate that thing to uh my sister has taken a totally different path to what i have in mm. her life um and has like experienced a lot of different awesome things has traveled so fucking much yeah like i'm really proud of her for doing that and my way of looking at things and i'm sort of lucky in the sense that i have a very supportive like mother who sees this as well is that her experience with that part of her life was i'm going to travel as far as i can that's what i'm going to do with my money whereas my money was buying fucking expensive guitar shit and playing yeah shows and sleeping in friends houses and yep. things like that like that was my way of exploring that part of my life and exploring yourself as well i yeah. think and it, to an extent like like all of those things it's the same as the roots and the i hate god yeah yeah it's like it's like it's how you need you, to find your feet in the world yeah and you're finding some sort of truth like yeah. you're either saving up money and you're traveling to europe or you're mm-hmm. yeah you're <laughs> sleeping on your friend's floor yeah <laughs> <laughs> sleeping on the tiles that I'm now sitting on yeah, talking to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So I guess where where do you see things going for yourself uh, from here? Like what's what sort of movement do you see for yourself? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like obviously stand up. This is a new like experience that you're yeah, and I undertaking. Think I, and I, it's something I wanted to do for about three years and mm-hmm. just didn't. And yeah. then my friend started doing, I'm like, oh, I guess I should probably do this. Yeah. Um, and that, that, I think that came out of doing yarn. Mm-hmm. It's like, like that public speaking thing. And it's like, sure. well, I want to like, that's, that's really fun, but I also want to make people laugh. And, and it's just been in like, like since, since I was a teenager, like seeing yeah. Eddie Murphy do it, it's just like, it's been, it's an interest. It's, yeah. it's been there. It's just been a presence mm-hmm. in, in my life. I don't know if it's the same for everyone, but like, yeah, well, I mean, definitely it's one of those things. Like I think. I think as anyone who sort of, again, like does performance or does like is interested in the arts or is like, has their, that sort of thing mm. wrapped up within their life. Yeah. All of those things are an interest and yeah. are something that you can maybe not see yourself doing, but definitely you can understand the pull towards it and understand yeah. like why other people do it. Like I, I find it like yourself and some other friends have started doing stand-up and things like that. And I think that's fucking rad. Like, mm. I think it's so sick that people are trying different things. And it's mm. sort of how I've approached this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Was that like, I had an interest in this like platform and I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts and things like that. And my thing was like, well, same thing with being in bands. Yeah. I, no one told me I had to start playing guitar. Yeah. I just started doing it. Yeah, exactly. And like, see how it goes. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing with this. It's like you just... don't ask, don't ask permission. No. And like, I think yeah. the, I think certainly like performing and talking, I get having a microphone in front of my face, in front of people gives me the confidence to do this with people. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I obviously have a lot of support and like yourself, like friends will come and do yeah. this with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, you know, it has been, it's one of those things. Like, I think, I think it's important to do, like have that growth and development. Yeah. That, like where interests take you. It's, down. it's a, I think it's the same, it's the same thing with bands. It's the same thing with writing for me. And mm-hmm. I guess it's the same, probably some weird deficiency. It was, it was the same reason I, I chose to start doing stand up. is yeah. like, it's a struggle. 
Yeah. It's a str- and like writing is a being yeah, being in punk bands is a struggle. Mm-hmm. Writing is a struggle. Uh like you know, just trying to find places that'll publish a piece that you think is really good but it doesn't fit their Sure, yeah, yeah. Their issue this this month or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and right. then stand up is like an immediate struggle and it's like you are either it's either a confirmation yeah. that you're funny or like it's either a confirmation of success or failure right there and then. Yeah, yeah. And that's the struggle with stand up and it's like it's so immediate and I think it's like the perfect like if, if that's kind of what keeps attracting me to these sort of things, like the fact that it's a struggle and it's something to work towards and it's a challenge, mm-hmm. I think it probably makes sense that I decided to start doing stand-up because <laughs> it's the most immediate <laughs> form of that of that model. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's definitely, and it's like, I, like I've only done it, I've only been doing it for like maybe a month or so, mm-hmm. but like I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, like, I'm not good. I'm not good at all. <laughs> I thought you were funny. <laughs> um... <laughs> but yeah, so are, are those things then that you will now, you know, like are these things that you'll yeah. continue working on as you go then, do you think? Yep. Yeah, like, um, okay. So if they're the three big things that I'm looking at, like um, the band I'm in now, I'm in a band called Low Season at the moment and it's the best band that I've been in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most fulfilling, like what I was saying about process before, mm-hmm. um, it's the most fulfilling band and like, it's been, <laughs> it's been um, a bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> the band sure. has been a mess. <laughs> Uh, for various reasons well for one main reason but now it's kind of like it's it's pretty solid now yeah um and the people who are in it it's just so much fun to work mm-hmm. with them um because we're all from pretty different musical backgrounds but we have a lot of common ground in terms of the bands we like in mm-hmm. terms of what we listen to yeah um and it's so sick basically and i just want like i just want the opportunity like because i get so much out of it all i want from that is the opportunity to keep putting out music yeah for sure. other people to hear yeah um, like we just put out this album, but like that, that's kind of like, um, <coughs> with people who are no longer in the band, sure. let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's still developing then and changing um, as well. Oh, it's just like the music we're making now is a lot, uh, and this has nothing to do with like personal relationships as well. Um, by the way, I'm still friends <laughs> with people who are in the yes. band, but it's just like a really, um convoluted uh story to tell yeah um so i'm not shitting on 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 people who are in (laughs) in the band but um like it's it's just like more solid now Mm -hmm. and it's like we i think we have a clearer idea of what we're doing and and how we want to play music as well so it's like it's just really and it was always really rewarding that's the thing it's just sort of like i I have a bit of perspective now like you know we do our first couple of things and shit changed and people changed um and now it's kind of like i've got a bit of perspective on what it was and it's like my goals aren't necessarily different, but I have a better image of what this band actually is. Yeah, that's sure. why I'm like super positive about it. Yeah, awesome. Um, writing is just, yeah, it's like a constant thing. And like, I, I really want to, I guess like a, a good anecdote is of like how I'm looking at it is like, um, there's a nonfiction prize in Australia mm-hmm. that I recently entered. Yeah. Cause like I had, and they ask for like, individual pieces like like they ask for pieces that could be published on their own as as entries to this competition and okay. it's a publishing house it's like a, a um they put out books and stuff mm-hmm. um so they're essentially looking for like standalone essays and i submitted to this um like an idea for a book of essays which is actually about subculture and the way subculture works and, okay. and one of the essays that i wrote was about my experience with straight edge mm-hmm. and now turning 30 this year like what what does that mean and like i was just really interested in the way way that works and I, and what I pitched to them in this like competition entry which is not what they were asking for at all yeah. was like a book of essays about about discrete subcultures okay like like 
like these these things that have invisible borders mm-hmm. that may just seem like kind of like it's it's it seems like something that you can just choose to do but more than that it's something in reality it's something that you are yeah like it's ingrained you, within your personality yeah, it becomes, and your it experience. becomes part of your identity sure. and, and i was just exploring that through different um basically different topics mm-hmm. using using my experience with straight edge as the jumping off point and and it, that's kind of what i'm really interested in the moment i'd really like to do a book of that sort yeah, of stuff cool. that kind of non-fiction reportage stuff because i used to be so interested in fiction and now that's kind of faded away i'm more interested in writing yeah about other people's sure. stories to an extent um so i'm just like like i said it's a struggle and just like but it's again it's rewarding so i just want to keep yeah keep doing that um and i think as long as i'm interested in reading i'm going to be interested in writing as well so it's yeah. kind of like a lifestyle thing mm-hmm. i think it's just something that i'll always be trying to do yeah sure um australia's just real hard Mm-hmm. It's really hard, uh, especially with like um, all the stuff with like the arts ministry and and yeah. um, the liberal government and stuff. It's like there's not a lot of money and there's not a lot of resources for no. for writers. Basically, no. I, I think I think that's something that's sort yeah. of a real detriment to the creative aspect of uh, you know the people and the you know experiences people have in this country, and that's always going to be difficult. Is because of our distance from everything else yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, and that our current, you know, uh, framework of support is yeah. very shit yeah. comparative to those of other countries. Yeah. Um, like I was, when I talked to Trad, he was saying things about, you know, the model of uh, like, you know, support for music in Europe is like insane. How yeah. they support live music and how they support performance art, basically. Whereas yeah. in Australia, it's... I mean, again, and I was saying to him as well, there is things like there is grants and there is like all these sort of things, but you don't know about that stuff. No one knows about it. it. It's like they exist. It's it's a very, I think it's like a a very token gesture. Yeah. Where it's like they exist, but they don't want to promote it to the people who would actually use it. Exactly. And like the way you find out, you know, certainly myself, the way I found out about those things was like through hiring an accountant to do my tax. Yeah. Like that's how I found out that you can apply for these things. And I was like... Why the fuck did an accountant have to tell yeah, me this? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like that's great, but it shouldn't be. It no. shouldn't be the way that you're finding out about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, but like, I guess it's also there's there's the other side of that where it's like, well, I'm gonna be doing this anyway, so yeah. it doesn't I don't get that angry about the government. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. government does an alright job. Yeah, well, I mean, there's it's one of those <laughs> it's things too. There's there's not that I don't think they're keeping me alive. So. Yeah, I don't think personally, at least for the way I approach my outlook on that aspect of my life yeah. and my living in Australia experience yeah. is that I think to get so frustrated about that shit at the yeah. end of the day, from what I understand to be yeah. true is that you sort of, you know, throwing a rock against a wall. Like it's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's exhausting. And, and like, yeah, it's like, <coughs> I'd be doing this anyway. It's like, it's what I want to do. Yeah. So like whether or not there's money there to let me do it easier, that would mm. be great. That would be fucking great. Yeah. And, and you know, like pay, Pay people for the work they do. Yeah. Pay bands for the shows they play. Like sure. even if it's fifty bucks for the opening band, just pay them. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm gonna be doing it anyway. Yeah. I guess so. It's like it's, it's, it's the life we've chosen <laughs> like, to lead. Yeah, yeah. It's not like oh, you only gave me fifty bucks. I'm fucking quitting. It's like yeah. no, I'll be back. I'll be back in a month. That's See fine. you for the next fifty. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um. Cool. And like like the stuff of stand up is like really that's writing it's still writing for yeah. me it's just that i get to go up and like it's a different way of experiencing that sort of stuff yeah yeah it's just it's just i think i find it it's just <laughs> i can't i can't 
put into words yet, I guess, because it's so new. But like, it is writing. It's, yeah. It's part of how I view writing. Sure. But it's like, I get to go up and like publish it. Yeah. Then and there and see if it's good then and there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an immediate response. Yeah. Sorry, I did well. air quotes when I said publish it because <laughs> the version of publishing with stand-up is, is saying it in front of a small audience yes. in a pub on a Wednesday night, I guess. So, like, Thank you um, for acknowledging the audio platform. Cool. Well, thank you for coming and, coming and talking to me. Uh, coming to my old house. Coming to your old house <laughs> that I'm staying at. Um, uh, do you have anything you would like to advertise to the public? Yeah, I guess I should. Like, um, Yes, my band Low Season has an album out at the moment called Heavenly Creatures. You can buy it on vinyl uh, yeah. from either Death Grip Records or Lackluster Records. Yep. Um, or you can come see a show of ours. Where you, you can also... Where you can also that. purchase... A vinyl record. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, I think that's really it at the moment. Um, if you're in Brisbane and you see my name around, come see me tell jokes, I guess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Thanks dude. Thanks.